This week on Geek Explained, with the release of Marvel's Avengers last week, one question I keep hearing from people is, who exactly is Kamala Khan? Well, today we're going to answer that question as we Geek Explain Kamala Khan. <laughs> Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is the latest edition of our series where we track the history of comics' greatest characters. And for this edition, we're looking at probably the newest character we've ever covered in this series, Kamala Khan. That's right, Miss Marvel herself having debuted in just 2013. So, um... Basically, with Avengers coming out, uh, ever since they really announced that she would be leading the cast, a lot of people who may not be as um, obsessed with <laughs> comics as uh, I am have been asking me, you know, is she a real character? Did they just make her up for the game? Uh, what is her deal? So I thought today we'd compile her entire comic book history up to right now. And so we are going to be covering that in our main event of the this episode. We also have the return of your regularly scheduled weekly review with the return of the boys. We're going to be covering season two, specifically the first three episodes that dropped last week. And of course, we have this week's comics countdown. But before we get into all of that, let's check in with this week's news. All right, guys and dolls, so we got some news for you this week. A mixed bag of news, to be sure. Uh, we have our four categories, film, TV, comics, and miscellaneous. No comics news as of yet this week, so we are going to kick it off with film news. And unfortunately, not so great film news, because it was revealed last week that Robert Pattinson has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, this is a terrible time for this to happen because uh, the Batman just started or basically just resumed production over in Liverpool but um, thankfully everyone is being safe uh, they apparently have um, isolated and quarantined Pattinson so hopefully uh, if you know, everything goes well. The filming of the Batman will be just delayed maybe a month or so. Of course, priority is Robert Pattinson's health. Um, so we here at Geek Explained are sending uh, healing vibes his way. Uh, but yeah, so you might have heard a little bit about that. So definitely, um, it doesn't seem like it's super serious right now, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, and more positive news, uh, Mission Impossible 7 also resumed production and they kind of kicked off the proceedings with this video of someone doing a motorcycle jump basically off of a cliff um 
And then uh, letting go of the motorcycle and deploying a parachute. It's classic Mission Impossible stuff. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie, Tom Cruise, they are absolute madmen, and I cannot wait to see uh, the film and where exactly the stunt is going to take place. It's, it's awesome. And then finally for film news, we finally got a casting announcement for Raya and the Last Dragon. This is an animated film that's going to be coming out that features... Asian representation and the casting announcement that I'm really excited about is that the lead will be played by Kelly Marie Tran I love Kelly Marie Tran she's amazing um, and did not get any uh, just dues in Star Wars as Rose Tico Um, she's incredible she's such a bright spirit and a bright light in the Asian uh, community especially when it comes to Hollywood and I'm really excited for her to be the lead for this this is awesome Uh, moving on to TV news uh, keeping up the Asian representation uh, apparently there are talks going on between Sony and Amazon to bring essentially a TV Spider-Verse to Amazon Prime. Uh, They're looking at several different avenues based out of Silk. So Silk is supposedly supposed to be leading the way, for those of you who aren't aware of the character. Uh, Silk is Cindy Moon. She was an Asian-American character who got bit by the same spider as Peter Parker and developed more or less the same abilities. She has some abilities that Peter doesn't have, but I think this is awesome. I think Silk is an incredible character. She is a great character to kind of build your Sony Spider-Verse around, especially since the whole thing with Tom Holland's Peter Parker is up in the air, basically situation changes like every other week so i think this is awesome there's no official announcement yet but the idea that they're talking about this with cindy moon at the center i think is really really cool and then finally with miscellaneous news both kind of centered around the same thing which does in essence as well lead into our main course um Avengers, the Marvel Avengers game uh, by Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics finally dropped last week. And on launch day for early access, they also had their final war table, or at least their final pre-launch war table, where they revealed that the very first new Avenger DLC will be Kate Bishop. That's right. Hawkeye, Hawk Girl, however you want to call her. Uh, Kate Bishop is coming to Marvel's Avengers. Uh, she looks great for what we've seen of her. She seems to have some kind of like teleporting ability and, um, apparently her uh, story DLC is going to also tie in to Clint Barton Hawkeye, so I don't know if they're going to drop them at the same time or whatever that's going to be, but I think this is awesome. I'm really excited for Kate Bishop. She's a great character. You want to talk about great female characters. Kate Bishop is super cool. Um, So I'm really excited about that, and there's no, like, estimated date on when she's dropping. I'm assuming before the end of the year, but we will just have to see about that. And then also, like I said, it dropped last week. Avengers has made its way into Xbox, PC, PS3, or PS3, PS4, <laughs> um, and I played it. I played it. I got it on um, launch day. I didn't do the deluxe edition, so I did do early access, so I ended up starting playing it this past weekend, and it's good. I like it. General first impressions, um, I am pretty much almost done with the entire uh, storyline. The story campaign is really short. I have to tell you, it's like 8 to 10 hours, 10 to 15 if you really want to stretch it, Um, but overall, I'm enjoying it. 
I think that there are definitely things that they need to fix. Uh, some of the combat is super repetitive. The, um, the difficulty is really just measured by how many enemies there are on screen. I have encountered quite a few different bugs, frame rate drops, uh, glitches here and there. So there are definitely things to fix about the game. But overall, I've been enjoying it. Uh, the story is really great, centering around Kamala Khan. Um, as soon as I was able to get my hands on Captain America, this has now turned into my sequel, my unofficial spiritual successor to Captain America Super Soldier, which we talked about in last week's episode recounting the top 10 marvel games if you haven't checked that out please do so um so yeah overall i'm enjoying it there are things that i think they need to polish up things they need to fix um but i've been seeing a lot of hate for it which you know the um the criticisms are valid. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong for criticizing it because there are absolutely valid criticisms but i would say if you haven't played the game yet play it and kind of make your um, make your opinions from there. But one thing that I think we can all mostly agree on is that having Kamala Khan be your kind of point of entry character into this universe was an incredibly smart move. Having someone who is essentially just like all of us, a Marvel fan, leading the game and kind of rebuilding or helping to reassemble the Avengers was one of the most genius ideas they've had when developing this game. And speaking of Kamala Khan, we're going to roll right on into the main course of this episode, the Andre if you will, as we geeksplain Kamala Khan. So Kamala Khan is a character that I've pretty much been a fan of since they announced her. And this is, of course, the newest edition of our Geeksplained series, where I tackle the history of comics' greatest characters. Uh, Miss Marvel is a character that has considerably newer than the people we've covered in the past. We've covered characters like Black Mask, Cable, uh, Wally West, which was, I think, probably our biggest one, our longest one, with the vast history that he has. Um, but Kamala Khan is considerably shorter. Her history is very condensed and very tight. So if this ends up being a little shorter than usual, that's pretty much the reason why but um let's go ahead and dive into it first of course we have our general bio kind of the um bullet points that you need to know before diving into the history of the character so for her full name is kamala khan uh, her alias is miss marvel and her first appearance was actually in captain marvel number 14 from august 2013 uh she appeared kind of in the background though technically in the foreground um she was an unnamed bystander watching uh captain marvel fight yon rog who was one of the antagonists in the captain marvel film uh she was created by sana amanat i am going to let you know right now as we start this off that if i pronounce things wrong i apologize but um it might happen 
I can almost guarantee it happens because I'm terrible at pronouncing things. But anyway, uh, Kamala Khan was created by Sana Amanat, Stephen Wacker, G. Willow Wilson, Adrian Alfona, and Jamie McKelvey. Uh, her team affiliations include the Avengers, the Champions, the Inhumans, Secret Warriors, the Protectors, the Mighty Avengers, and the New Avengers. And her powers and abilities are basically all centered around morphogenetics. Uh, she is a polymorph, so she has the ability to uh, elongate any bit of her body. She has size alteration. She has an accelerated healing factor and also has appearance alteration. So she's technically a shapeshifter. Um, to limited success here and there, sometimes she can only change a little bit. Sometimes she can completely change her entire appearance, as we'll get into when we get into her history. But she has basically used this ability to be a standout when it comes to young uh, Marvel teams. She is at certain points kind of their infiltrator at certain points they're uh they're powerhouse they're heavy so she is a utility player when it comes to her involvement in team up stories and let's just go ahead and dive into her history so uh Kamala Khan is one of a family of the Khans. Her parents are Yusuf and Muniba Khan, and she has a brother named Amir. Uh, Kamala was born and raised in Jersey City, and during her early childhood, she met and befriended Nakia Bahadir and Bruno Corelli, who were kind of casts off from their own families. Uh, Bruno Corelli and his brother were basically, they come from an Italian descent, and they were... Um, more or less pulled from their family and were living with relatives. Uh, Nakia Bahadir was a member of, um, of Kamala's community, and the three of them really kind of bonded over their love of science fiction, their love of TV and films, and of course, superheroes. Um, all three of them idolized the superheroes in the Marvel Universe, Kamala especially, and she really was a character who I think is great for new Marvel fans because she represents the modern Marvel fan. She can list off statistics of different Avengers, she can name you the entire Avengers roster when they served, um, and like many kids her age, she wrote fan fiction. Um, she was, as they, as the kids call them nowadays, a Marvel stan, though of course she idolized no hero more than Carol Danvers. Uh, she was especially brought into the Carol Danvers fandom when uh, she witnessed a battle between Captain Marvel and Jan Rog, and followed her career all the way from her early days as Ms. Marvel into her evolution into Captain Marvel. Uh, at age 16, uh, Kamala snuck out to a party at the Jersey waterfront, but after being harassed by classmates, uh, basically left to go home. She was bullied because of her religion, her race, all the things that are just you know, you go through throughout your life when you are a different ethnicity. But on her way home, Jersey City was hit with the Terrigen Mists as part of the aftermath of the big Infinity event. For those of you who don't know, Infinity was this giant um, uh, space-wide Marvel Cosmic event that uh, Jonathan Hickman helmed where Thanos brought 
a bunch of different uh, alien races together to combat Earth and the Avengers. And during the event, Thanos invaded Adelan, which was the home of the Inhumans, and battled Black Bolt to a standstill. Um, as Thanos began to uh, get the upper hand, Thanos detonated, or not Thanos, uh, Black Bolt detonated Adelan, destroying it, but also releasing the Terrigen Mist all over the world. This event was first hinted at way back in the Earth X Elseworlds slash uh, multiverse uh, Marvel event. And here, basically, it let out the Terrigen Mist all over the world, where prior to this, um, the Terrigen exposure was very controlled by the Inhumans. Basically, if you have the Inhuman DNA, the Terrigen Mist unlocks that DNA and basically gives you your powers. This was during a time when Marvel was trying to not necessarily erase the X-Men, but super downplay them and kind of raise the stock of the Inhumans at the same time because, you know, X-Men was with Fox at the time. And the Inhumans were with Marvel. And everyone know how well the Inhumans being brought to television screens worked. Thumbs up. Wink. Sad smile. <laughs> um, so basically, um, in the aftermath of of the Infinity event, Terrigen Mists were let out all over the world, and this included Jersey City, where Kamala was, um, I don't want to use the word infected, but basically she came into contact with the Terrigen Mist and was cocooned in a Terrigen cocoon. Uh, while in this cocoon, um, she had visions of Captain America, Iron Man, and Captain Marvel, all of them talking about, you know, what do you want to do with your life? You have this um, obsession with superheroes. How are you going to use that to embody uh, those principles that you know and have been raised on? And essentially, by the end of these visions, Kamala made the decision, I want to be like Miss Marvel. I want to be like Carol Danvers. And when Kamala emerged out of her Terrigen cocoon, she did so donning the appearance of a young Carol Danvers in her Miss Marvel attire. Um, so, obviously, of course, she freaked out, um, but quickly realized that she had become a polymorph, and she was able to change her form at will. After kind of getting herself back under control, uh, she decided to head back towards where the party was at the waterfront, just in time to watch two of the classmates that she that had been bullying her drunkenly get into I don't know kind of a scuffle and unfortunately one of them was knocked into the river. Uh, Kamala shapeshifted back into the young Carol Danvers, the young Miss Marvel, and saved her. And afterwards, she decided that she was going to use her powers to be a superhero. Unfortunately, as soon as she got home after making this decision, she was grounded by her parents. <laughs> so, um, in this time, she decided that she was going to take this time being grounded to really kind of decide on what she wanted to do and how she wanted to go about it. And following her grounding, she was visiting her friend Bruno at the local Circle Q when an attempted robbery occurred uh, she kind of morphed into her Ms. Marvel um, 
form and tried to combat the robber, but was shot. However, she realized that she could heal from the wound by just shifting back into her normal appearance. Unfortunately, she did so in the presence of Bruno, accidentally revealing herself and her abilities. Um, following this, after following leads about the robbery, which ended up leading into a conspiracy by the inventor and his young sidekick Doyle, uh, Miss Marvel ended up combating mechanical spiders. I know a certain producer on the DC Warner Brothers side was very excited about that. Um, and in this initial... Um, in this initial confrontation, um, basically Kamala defeated uh, the inventor and declared that Jersey City was under the protection of Ms. Marvel. After uh, kind of donning her own costume and deciding to fight crime in her own form, uh, Ms. Marvel would continue to battle the inventor across Jersey City, at one point coming into direct contact with Wolverine, who is on the hunt for a missing student. And the two of them kind of uncovered essentially this uh, conspiracy that the inventor's robots were powered by abducted teens. Uh, Wolverine then put out the call to Medusa, the current queen of the Inhumans, and she responded by sending Lockjaw to keep an eye on Kamala. The two quickly bonded and were friends for life, basically. Uh, following this, kind of following the lead of the inventor uh, abducting teens, uh, we found out that the teens that were being used for the... Um, for these machines were not abducted at all. They were lost. They were wayward teens who had either run away from home or were generally dealing with all the stuff that you deal with as a teenager, you know, feeling lost, feeling worthless, you know, some feeling like they are alone in the world. And the inventor preys on those feelings of hopelessness and basically told them the only use that you'll get out of your life is by serving as the conduit for my machines. Really dark stuff, and not something that I personally expected when I was first reading this, but it's, you know, a great... I don't know. For me, it was a great storytelling device for um, them to utilize all those feelings that you kind of go through as teens to manipulate them into powering his robots. Uh, thankfully, Kamala rallied these teens to help defeat the inventor, but because she was outpowered and outclassed, uh, Kamala ended up calling the cops to arrest the inventor. So that's essentially how she defeated her first supervillain. Uh, as she continued on in her career, she started to realize that she was part of a bigger world, a bigger universe, if you will, or Sam Jackson will, I suppose. Uh, she had run-ins with Loki, with Spider-Man, and with S.H.I.E.L.D., and also began to explore her inhuman heritage by contacting Medusa and learning more about her and the inhuman community as a whole. Um... During this time, she also encounters an inhuman terrorist named Kaboom, uh, who is part of a basically a faction that is trying to overthrow Medusa in New Adelan. It's around the same time that she meets a family friend named Cameron, or Cameron, um, who reveals to her that she, that he is also a, an inhuman, and the two of them quickly become really close. Uh, Kamala making it no secret that she has quite the crush on Cameron, 
But Cameron reveals that he is in league with Kaboom and the rest of the Inhuman terrorists. So unfortunately, Kamala has to work with Bruno to defeat Kaboom and is left heartbroken because Cameron essentially makes fun of her for wanting to be a superhero, um, downplays her involvement, and tells her that she will never amount to anything before escaping. Uh, she is left heartbroken after this, and unfortunately, the hits keep on coming, because shortly after this, time runs out. Uh, the big event leading into the end of all things, uh, the incursions that are threatening the multiverse continue to make their way through the multiverse until there are only two worlds left. The Marvel 616 universe and the Ultimate Marvel universe. And during the final incursion, during the events of Time Runs Out, uh, Cameron returns, attacking her family and kidnaps her brother Amir, threatening to expose him to the same Terrigen Mists to see if he would have the same abilities or the same reaction to it that Kamala would. Uh, during this, Kamala is distraught. She doesn't know what to do. She helps Bruno evacuate most of Jersey City to a safe location. And it is during this point that she finally meets Carol Danvers, one-on-one, -on -one, face to face. And while Carol is able to essentially tell her, you know, we, you know, things are going to be okay, we're going to fight the incursions, a total lie. Um, Carol also commits to helping her out in fighting off uh, Cameron and the returning Kaboom and the rest of the Inhuman terrorists. So the two of them go to the warehouse where her brother is being kept and soundly defeat Kaboom and Cameron. Unfortunately, beforehand, Amir had been exposed to what he, what Cameron called the Terrigen Mists, but it seems that they weren't really. Um, Amir did exhibit uh, basically force field abilities, but collapsed after using them to defend his sister. Uh, Kamala is able to take her brother to a local hospital and on the roof of that hospital has a frank conversation with Carol where Carol reveals to her that the world's going to end. Basically letting her know, I lied to you before, the incursions aren't going to stop, we can try and fight them, but we've exhausted every single um, Basically, every single avenue to stop these from happening, this is going to happen whether we like it or not. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't stop fighting. You keep fighting, you keep fighting, you keep having hope. Because at the end of the day, that is what wins against the against feeling loss, against insurmountable odds. And then Carol goes off to rejoin the Avengers. Uh, it's following this that Kamala makes peace with her classmates, including Nakia, who she had uh, grown apart from during her early days as Miss Marvel. And at the end of everything... Uh, her and Bruno have a touching moment where Bruno confesses that he's been in love with her for a very long time. Uh, Kamala, in a crazily mature uh, decision, tells him that she feels the same, but that she neither wants to put him in danger nor... Um, wants to uh, take her focus away from being Miss Marvel. So she tells him, you know, that she loves him too, but not to wait for her because she is focused on being uh, Ms. Marvel. And the two have this really sweet and tender moment as the world 
ends. Which brings us to Secret Wars. Uh, Kamala really only makes one appearance during Secret Wars, and that's during the uh, Adeline Rising uh, tie-in, where it features Black Bolt trying to liberate uh, his Inhumans with Medusa. Uh, and it features a slightly older Kamala, I want to say like mid to late 20s, maybe <laughs> who seems a lot more in charge of her abilities and is overall you know kind of a tease into what we could see kamala eventually evolve into uh during the events of secret wars we can i would love to do an episode on secret wars someday um a lot of other uh and i strain to use this word but a lot of other content creators have covered it in different forms and formats uh, a good friend of the podcast matt draper has an incredible video on it that i would absolutely uh, recommend you check out on youtube um, shout out to him much love to him he's fantastic and that video is also fantastic and absolutely worth your time uh, following the events of secret wars however a brave new world reaches uh, the Marvel Universe. This is basically essentially what the original Crisis on Infinite Earths was supposed to be, where it destroyed all of the multiverse to leave one prime Earth. So we are left on the Marvel Prime Earth, which took some uh, influences from various different worlds. Uh, Old Man Logan, uh, Miles Morales is now on this Earth. But here on the uh, new prime world, uh, Miss Marvel started to raise her stock a little bit, so to speak. You can hear our uh, our neighbor's dog is a big fan of my, of uh, Ms. Marvel and her new role here. Well, in the new Marvel universe, Miss Marvel's world got a little bit bigger, and her team ups became a little bit bigger alongside that. She very quickly meets Sam Alexander, the new Nova, and though their initial meeting gets off to a rocky start, they also end up meeting Miles Morales, and the three end up fighting against Warbringer, an alien trying to conquer the world. And during this battle, they catch the attention of Sam Wilson, Captain America. Jane Foster, Thor, Iron Man, and the Vision, who invite them to become part of the all-new, all-different Avengers. This is one of my favorite lineups. I really, I have to mention it because I just think that it's such a cool idea and reminds me a lot of the, um, of the post-Final Crisis event. Avengers, the post-Final Crisis Justice League, one of my favorite periods of that team, and I just love the mix of younger characters with older characters. I just think it's it's a great, great um, prompt to start your story on. As an Avenger, uh, Kamala began to grow closer to her younger teammates, Nova and Spider-Man, and also ended up meeting and befriending the new Wasp, Nadia Van Dyne, who was a former Red Room um, participant and also the estranged daughter of Hank Pym. Uh, during this period, though, Kamala begins to kind of prioritize her heroics over her home life, which estranges her from a lot of her uh, friend group, as well as Bruno, who has moved on to uh, date someone else. Uh, during this period, she also finds that Hydra has uh, infiltrated Jersey City and is using not just her likeness, but also the uh, public support and wariness of this new superhero to buy up a lot of real estate 
And of course, uh, that puts them into uh, direct conflict with Kamala. Um, during this uh during this conflict, while uh, Kamala battles with with Hydra, she's able to route most of them, but also has to contest with Moloids, the Canadian Ninja Syndicate. That's right, you heard me correctly. The Canadian Ninja Syndicate, as well as Enchanted Grey Golems, a gift from Loki that ends up, of course, going awry right away. Um, there's also a great little story during this period where uh, she is put in direct opposition with Miles Morales, not as superheroes, but as students. Um, basically, uh, uh, Kamala's uh, high school, Cole High School, um, is part of, they basically have this uh, competition, the science competition, where uh, they're competing with other schools for uh, college scholarships, grants, that kind of thing. And this puts her directly in conflict with Brooklyn's Miles Morales, the two competing without um, without them really knowing each other's uh, secret identities. So it was a really cool story of them just kind of competing with each other um, on a level that a lot of young superheroes don't really get to compete in that way. Um, it also kind of put a spotlight on the fact that as um, as uh, members of a of the POC, that their uh, opportunities aren't quite the same as a Tony Stark or a Peter Parker. So I really liked that, and I really liked kind of the uh, reframing and the remixing of a classic trope pitting two young superheroes against each other. However... What overshadowed all of this was a rising tension and trouble on the horizon between Tony Stark and Carol Danvers. Uh, this began with the introduction of Ulysses Kane, who was an inhuman who whose ability allowed him to have precognitive visions, essentially predicting the future. Uh, there were various events that followed this where uh, Thanos attacked and ended up in the not just placing uh, Jennifer Walters She-Hulk into a coma, but also with the death of James Rhodes' war machine, who Carol Danvers had been growing closer to and had begun a romance with. Uh, during this, there was a, in a vision that uh, Ulysses brought forth that showed the Hulk on a rampage and killing a whole bunch of people. So they went to Bruce Banner and tried to uh, kind of figure out if he was really uh, cured, as had kind of been the case in the events of Totally Awesome Hulk. Um, but during this whole confrontation, uh, Bruce apparently showed signs of getting angry, and during this, Hawkeye kills him with an arrow straight through the eye. Um, this as we came to find out, was part of an agreement between the two after Bruce had been quote-unquote cured. And this just kicks off a whole mess of trouble. Um, Carol starts to use uh, Ulysses' ability to stop crimes before they happen, very uh, minority report, and charged Miss Marvel, charged Kamala along with a, uh, a young protege of Carol of Carol's named Becky to basically use Ulysses powers to stop crimes before they happen. The two of them kind of heading up this uh, small division overseen by Carol. Uh, during this, one of uh, 
and one of Kamala's classmates, Josh, is brought in because of a vision of him bombing their high school. And because it hasn't happened yet, this, of course, rubs Kamala the wrong way, along with the rest of her classmates. Bruno, in fact, uses a tries to use this uh, mechanism to break Josh out, but the mechanism ends up blowing up in Bruno's face, severely injuring him, including uh, scarring him on his left side, um, you know, heavily damaging him so he would have to learn relearn how to walk. It's just, it was a terrible situation all around. Uh, because of this, Kamala became disillusioned with what they were doing and ended up enlisting one of the criminals that they had battled earlier on this project named Hijinks to battle against Becky who had uh, become or had taken on the moniker of Lockdown. Uh, it came to find out that Becky was misusing her uh, authority to not just capture people who hadn't... Um, done any crimes yet but to mistreat those uh those prisoners while they were under her care um following this after defeating lockdown uh carol is incensed she's angry at kamala and kamala severs her ties with carol unfortunately this doesn't do a whole lot to repair her relationship with bruno who blames her for his injuries and completely disavows her and dissolves their friendship uh resulting from this Kamala joins sides with Iron Man against Danvers in the second superhuman civil war. Uh, during a big kerfuffle, a big scuffle between the two sides, there is a vision that Ulysses unlocks that shows Miles Morales killing Captain America. Uh, this shakes Miles to his core, who abandons the fight. And following this, Kamala teams up with Kate Bishop, a young time-displaced Cyclops, Riri Williams, Ironheart, and Sam Alexander Nova to try and find Miles to try and bring him back. Unfortunately, they weren't able to locate him before he showed up at Capitol Hill. Uh, Cap meets him there and basically tells him, like, I believe that you wouldn't do that. Uh, there have been multiple instances during this uh, during this storyline where Ulysses' uh, precognitive visions weren't always correct. So there was enough doubt for Iron Man's side to believe that Carol was in the wrong for utilizing this to basically punish people before they even committed a crime. Uh, Carol and Tony did end up coming to blows at Capitol Hill over the over Miles, Carol wanting to bring Miles in, and Tony wanting the opposite of that. And the resulting battle put Tony essentially on life support. Um, this was a huge blow to the superhuman community and to the Avengers as a whole. Um, following this event with uh, Captain Marvel essentially taking over the Avengers, um, Kamala leaves. Kamala, uh, Sam, and uh, Miles all leave the Avengers to form the Champions because they believe that at this point the Avengers have gotten too big, too overbearing, and that they're not looking after the little people anymore. And so they are quickly joined by the new 
totally awesome Hulk, Amadeus Cho, Viv Vision, the daughter of the Vision, and the young time-displaced Cyclops to form the champions. Uh, during this time, they fought against villains like Pagliacci, uh, a, a worldwide monster invasion, as well as escaping from the Atlantean Navy, and also alongside those more fantastical adventures, tackled social issues. This was a comic that I had a, I was really hyped on when I uh, when this first came out. And it gave me a lot of the same feelings that um, reading old school uh, Teen Titans issues really gave me, where they battled social issues like fundamentalists, uh, hate crimes, racism, um, uh, corporate corruption, all of these things that were facing, you know, people everyday people, and I really, really liked that. Unfortunately, during this run as the champions, Secret Empire happened. If you want more information on that, uh, go back in the uh, archives and check out the Tale of Two Captains, our 4th of July episode this year, where I teamed up with uh, Malcolm Russell Nelson, also a recent uh, guest on this podcast, where we rebuilt the DC uh, Comics line, uh, where we covered the entire Secret Empire event, as well as the careers of Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers as Captain America. While this is all going on, uh, Hydra basically takes over the U.S. and the champions are scattered. Uh, Sam Alexander Nova is trapped outside of Earth along with the rest of the cosmic heroes because of the uh, planetary shield. Uh, Cyclops is relocated to New Tion with all of the mutants and part of essentially a... Um, an underground uh, or a basically under the table agreement between the mutant hierarchy and Hydracap. Uh, Ms. Marvel works with um, the secret warriors to liberate inhuman internment camps, and the remaining champions, Hulk, Viv, and Spider Man, join the underground resistance trying to help people escape from uh, the Hydra controlled US. Uh, Unfortunately, they weren't able to stay underground for very long because Hydra destroys Las Vegas, raising the entire city to the ground, killing countless people. And following the events of this, Black Widow forms a team to assassinate Steve Rogers and is joined by Miles Morales, Riri Williams, Ironheart, Nadia, and the new Falcon to accomplish this goal. Um... Essentially, this attempt fails because uh, Black Widow tries to train them Red Room style, and not all of them are built to be assassins. So uh, Miles escapes to go to Capitol Hill because he believes that he is destined to kill Captain America. And when Black Widow arrives to try and save him, she's killed in the failed attempt at Cap's life. And unfortunately, that just continues a downward spiral for the superhero community. Um, however, following this event, uh, the rest of the superhero community, led by Sam Wilson, Captain America, rallies and attacks Hydra Cap on the steps of Capitol Hill. And during this final battle, the champions are all finally reunited. Following the events of Secret Empire, the champions went on something of a recruitment drive, where they not only battled with the High Evolutionary alongside the new Avengers post-Secret Empire, they also recruited Ironheart, Patriot, 
Falcon, the Locust, and Snowguard into their ranks. However, they were also down one man as Cyclops had to leave the team to return to his own time. Um, after the shakeup in their roster, they battled against the returning Warbringer as well as a brush up against Thanos, who destroyed Riri's armor and basically traumatized her. She was able to, of course, uh, rebuild her armor into a new Mark III version, and they were able to continue on with their battles. However, they took a sharp left turn during their career by uh, visiting Weird World. <laughs> weird World was, um, appropriately, a weird time for the champions, where basically, uh, utilizing Man-Thing, they ventured into Weird World, losing their identities except for Ironheart, and having to fight in a uh, fantasy Fantasy, fantasy-esque uh, world where they got new um, D&D style uh, backgrounds and had to fight their way back to Earth. Uh, they were able to also battle the master of World World, Eshu, and defeat him, liberating the world before they returned back to the main Marvel Universe. Uh, following this, they recruited new members Bombshell, Pinpoint, and the new Power Man. However, uh, tragedy would strike, because during a battle with Zax, uh, both Kamala and Viv are killed. That's right. Kamala Khan dies in this uh, comic, and that's pretty much the end of her story. It's a cautionary tale against uh, young superheroes, and she hasn't been revived since. Just kidding, we had to bring in Mephisto, because it wouldn't be a, mar a modern Marvel story without Spider-Man making a deal with Mephisto. You could just feel the chill go down the spine of everyone who remembers One More Day. Basically, uh, Miles is encountered by Mephisto and makes a deal to bring uh, both Kamala and Viv back to life, rewinding time and allowing them to save their teammates. However, because of this, a civilian that Miles saved in the original timeline died. Uh, Miles took this incredibly hard and quit the team following this. Uh, Alongside that, another founding member, Sam Alexander Nova, uh, leaves to battle alongside the Nova Corps against his uh, arch nemesis. Uh, at the same time, uh, Braun, which Amadeus Cho had uh, kind of changed code names from Totally Awesome Hulk to Braun with the return of the Immortal Hulk, um, Braun as well as Wasp started focusing on their own teams, uh, namely the Agents of Atlas as well as GIRL, G-I-R-L. I forget what the acronym is, but they were kind of splitting their time and putting less focus into the champions, which started to really uh, weaken the team and weaken the resolve of Kamala Khan as the new leader of the champions until... War of the Realms, where in Australia, the remaining champions battled rock trolls and were reunited with an adult Cyclops, the Cyclops from this timeline. And I love this interaction. Uh, this is, this is you know, prime, um, pre, uh, 
pre-House of X Cyclops, where he, like, lost an eye. This is during the Matthew Rosenberg Uncanny X-Men run, where he lost an eye and his powers are kind of on the fritz. But it's Cyclops, and he uh, encounters the champions while battling these rock trolls. And there's this incredible moment between um, Kamala and Cyclops where she's like, hey, like, I knew you at a certain point, though that was like a past you from a different timeline, and I'm sorry if you don't remember me at all because it's probably two different things. And adult Cyclops turns to her and he's like, of course I remember you. Once a champion, always a champion. And it's just this, oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. It's such a great interaction. But anyway, following the um, following the events of the uh, of the War of the Realms, uh, Miles and Sam return just in time to battle against Blackheart and a little mini civil war within the champions. They their roster was huge and was booming at the time, and they were all manipulated by the uh, mental stylings of Blackheart, some son of Mephisto, to go against each other. Thankfully, they were all able to come to their senses and defeat Blackheart just in time for Mephisto to lay the smacketh down on his son, and the champions were all together one last time. And it would be the last time for them as a successful team because shortly after this, we had the Coles disaster. At Coles High School, there was a teen summit, uh, basically protesting Roxxon and the continued use of their uh, less than savory practices. And of course, because of this, Roxxon attacks the uh, teen summit with an Asgardian dragon that was left over from the War of the Realms. Unfortunately, even though the champions were at full strength and were there to oversee security for the event, uh, the team misfired. Uh, Viv was in unfortunately hit by a chi attack um, accidentally by the new power man which caused her to become unstable and kills the asgardian dragon causing a whole bunch of damage inside of the high school um, ironheart has this panic attack that pulls away some of the teammates, and unfortunately, Kamala has to save the uh, keynote speaker at the event by essentially uh, risking her life and sacrificing herself, which ends up putting her into a coma. Following this, a senator passes Kamala's law. Not No one knows that Kamala Khan and... Um, and Miss Marvel are one and the same. Uh, all they know is that Kamala is put into a coma because of this event, and the senator passes Kamala's law outlawing heroes under the age of 21. Uh, so the event kicks off with essentially the disbanding of the champions as they are sent into hiding, and that brings us up to modern day, where you can jump right in uh, with what's going on with Kamala, as well as the champions with the new Outlawed event. Um, Outlawed kicked off this year. It was all supposed to be, you know, hard copy stuff, but essentially because of the pandemic and everything going on at the time, most of Outlawed has been through digital only, though you can look it up on Comixology, and I'm sure with the ensuing stuff that's going to be coming with Outlawed, because it's a continuing event, it's still going on right now, um, we're going to get more stuff on top of that. Now, I'm going to give you a quick little recommended reading because I know that I am definitely wanting to go back and reread some 
Kamala Khan comics, and I'm sure those of you who haven't read her yet will definitely want to jump into her stuff. So some recommended reading for Kamala. Uh, the thing I have to recommend, the thing that I absolutely, if you want Kamala Khan's story, you have to read is Ms. Marvel by G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona. The first four volumes, volumes one through four, I think that's Kamala, or uh, Ms. Marvel uh, issue one through 19. Uh, from 2014 to 2015, this is her first outing, her first series before the events of Secret uh, Secret Wars and this is the perfect Kamala story from beginning to end you get this incredible story of a girl learning about her abilities just in time for the world to end and it's a great story um, this really kicks off the hype for Kamala she's fantastic and this is absolutely the best story for her if you're wanting to get into that character I'd also recommend All New All Different Avengers by Mark Waid and Adam Kubert uh, this is post Secret Wars where she joins up with the Avengers alongside Miles and Nova I, like I said, I really loved this lineup. The series was of varying quality at times, like every Avengers run pretty much since the dawn of time. But it's a great story and really examines kind of the disparity and the re, um, the difference in experience between the young heroes and the adult heroes. I'd also uh, recommend Champions Volume 1 by Mark Wade and Umberto Ramos. This is post-Civil uh, War II, where they essentially establish the champions and this is where i would argue the champions were at their best that first run by mark wade and umberto ramos is my favorite unfortunately like as the book went on um, especially into the jim zub era unfortunately the quality of the book kind of dipped when they just kind of got too big as a group um that's not to say they're bad stories they're just not kind of up to what the um, standard was when the book was started. But if you want to go through and read all the champions, definitely do so. Uh, specifically, from that Jim Zub run, I would recommend Champions number 5 by Jim Zud and Juanan Ramirez. This is the... Uh, uh, War of the Realms tie-in where they run into Cyclops, adult Cyclops. This is my favorite issue from that new Champions run. It's so freaking good. And is also one of, I think, actually a group of really great tie-ins for the War of the Realms. The uh, West Coast Avengers Superior Spider-Man crossover, for me, though, is still the best. Um, I'd also recommend the current Miss Marvel run. I didn't talk about any of that because I want you to go in and read it. It's so good. It's The, Magm the Magnificent Ms. Marvel by Saladin Ahmed and Minkyu Jung. Uh, it's a great, great entry point for Ms. Marvel as well. And also um, just entered in uh, its most recent issues into the outlawed event. So if you want Kamala's point of view throughout the beginnings of that event, definitely pick this up. And if you're looking to jump into Ms. Marvel right now in her current run, this is where you do it. Start off with that first uh, start off with that first uh, G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona run, and then you can pretty much more or less jump into the magnificent Ms. Marvel run with uh, Saladin Ahmed and uh, Miku Jung. Also, uh, check out Outlawed. Uh, basically, the big uh, event, if you want to check out Incoming, it kind of gives a tease into what Outlawed's going to be. And then the Outlawed one-shot by Evel Ewing and Kim Jacinto kicks off that whole event. And then they've also said that Champions will be returning as part of this event. I don't know if it's supposed to be a mini or not, but it's going to drop in October, helmed by Ewing as well as art by Simone uh, DeMio. And that is pretty much going to give you every Everything that you need to know, everything that you need to read, everything that you need to jump into this character. Overall, Kamala Khan is amazing. Uh, 
I think as a kind of one-two punch with Miles Morales, they are two of my favorite Marvel creations. Uh, you know, modern, modern Marvel creations, just modern just Marvel creations in general. I think they're amazing. They're great characters. They work really well together as well, which um, I don't know if I expected, but stories that involve the both of them are always really, really good. So I definitely recommend any books that team them up. Uh, but overall, Kamala Stock could not be any higher right now. She's got a Disney Plus series on the way. She's got a kick-ass comic going on right now by uh, two of the best in the biz, and she's the lead in a huge Avengers game. Say what you will about the game, you know, whether you like it, whether you dislike it, I think um, Kamala Khan's stock has never been higher, and Ms. Marvel has a bright future ahead of her. Did you miss that intro? I missed that intro. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I missed that intro. So it is now time for the weekly review. This is the segment where every week I review something. Um, And this week we are kicking off season two of The Boys. That's right, The Boys are back. And uh, they are as gritty and disgusting as ever. Uh, they dropped the first three episodes of season two this past Friday, as of this recording, and will be dropping new episodes every single Friday uh, from now on until the end of the season. So we have three big episodes to check out, so let's go ahead and just dive right into them. The first episode is called The Big Ride, and kicks off more or less right where we left off. Essentially... If you didn't follow the boys, basically this is a world where superheroes are essentially monetized. They are treated like celebrities and all of the baggage that comes with that. And it's also, superheroes are mostly terrible people. So um, at the end of last season, of the first season, um, Homelander kills uh, Stillwell, who was kind of his handler, and reveals to Billy Butcher, who believes that Homelander raped his wife and killed her, that his wife is in fact not only alive, but has also given birth to Homelander's son. So we kind of kick off this episode with business as usual. Uh, Heroes are now part of the military. Uh, There's a great sequence at the beginning of the episode where Black Noir infiltrates um, this Middle Eastern terrorist cell and does battle with Nakib, the captain that was teased at the end of season one and who was brought, you know, kind of brought in and made to look like a much bigger deal than he ended up being because Black Noir kills this guy. He just absolutely wrecks him, beheads him, brings his head back. It's, uh, Black Noir is no joke, man. And the, we also get the funeral of Translucent. They finally acknowledge that Translucent is dead, though they go with the cover story that he died. Uh, he was killed by a uh, superhuman terrorist, a super a soup terrorist or a supervillain, as Homelander prefers to call them. Um, we now see that uh, Annie has kind of been fully integrated into uh, the Seven, where she's now uh, 
more or less rocking, I guess is the word, her new sluttier costume. Um, meanwhile, the boys are on the run. They are in hiding. Uh, Huey and Annie are only able to contact each other through a uh, little undercover rendezvous uh, where they exchange information. Uh, the boys, that being uh, Huey, Frenchie, Mother's Milk, um, the female and Billy Butcher have all been framed for Stillwell's murder. And Homelander, surprise, surprise, is still a sick fuck. Um, there's a there's a scene where he, like, drinks some of Stillwell's leftover pressed milk. And it's like, ah, Homelander, why are you so disgusting all the time? Uh, but such a great character in himself. Um, we also kind of see the self-destruction, the continued self-destruction of the Deep, who was in a not-great place uh, following the events of Season 1. And he, uh, it all kind of comes to a head at a kid's water park where he essentially terrorizes everyone until he is brought in. Um, thankfully, or I guess unfortunately, depending on your perspective, uh, he is bailed out by Eagle the Archer, who is... Here you are. Here is your Hawkeye, um, who kind of seems like he's beginning to bring him into a cult. It's called the Church of the Collective, and they're attempting to sober him up and get his life back on track. But it's very culty, and we'll get into more of that as we uh, go along in these episodes. Uh, this also features the debut of Stormfront, who is a just kick in the ass for literally everybody. She is brash, she doesn't care, she live streams everything, she doesn't care what people think about her. Um, but they also uh, kill off a character from last season, uh, Deputy Director Rayner, who was helping out Billy during the season, uh, has her head exploded when they reveal that, or when she essentially finds out that uh, Homelander engineered uh, Nakib to be to basically get them into the military. Uh, we also get the first big confrontation between Homelander and uh, Mr. Edgar, who is running Vod essentially, uh, from the 82nd floor. And it's really cool, because he is played by Giancarlo Esposito, and Giancarlo Esposito is just the best. He's just the best in everything he's in. And I really liked that for all of Homelander's power, um, Edgar still runs the company. And the company owns Homelander for now. So uh, we'll chalk this up to uh, first round Edgar wins in uh, this first confrontation. Uh, but by the end of the episode, Butcher's back. Uh, Butcher is back and ready to go, and he is going to help the boys get revenge on the Seven. Which leads us to episode two, entitled Proper Preparation and Planning. Uh, and it basically shows that it kind of picks up exactly where uh, the first season left off with Butcher um, waking up in the middle of America in an in a uh, airport parking lot. Um, and it kind of shows him trying to figure out, trying to piece together where uh, his wife, Becca, was. where Because he was basically dropped in Becca's, um, in Becca's front yacht front yawn front lawn where it was revealed that homelander and her had a son and then he blacks out and then wakes up somewhere he doesn't know where homelander initially brought him so he's trying to piece together the uh, context clues to figure out where she is so he can get back to her um he also uh involves grace mallory mallory is back um and helping out butcher as reluctantly as she is uh we also get a really interesting um 
scene with the deep where he essentially has this bad trip where he does it's this really weird sing-along scene it's but it's it's perfect it's perfect as it is i just man the deep's messed up dude um, but basically, um, Stormfront and Starlight begin to uh, grow a little bit closer with Starlight kind of being in awe of how um, upfront and without filter Stormfront is. However, Starlight's um, big uh, place in the Seven is threatened by A-Train coming back from his coma. Um, A-Train is threatening threatening to expose her but starlight is saying you know if i go down you go down with me so they have this really nice back and forth that i really like um we also get the uh debut and kind of the backstory behind uh kimiko the female and her brother mouse who was also experimented upon and has i guess telekinesis i think is his power um but as we come to find out that uh mouse is part of the terrorist group that um experimented on kimiko and was going to use her to strike at america uh they're able to subdue mouse at the same time butcher comes clean to everyone about his involved about becca being alive and that he wants to get back to her so it was a nice little um coming to jesus moment for everybody where they could come together and finally be on the same page more or less um, and then it shows also that Homelander has been kind of doubling up on his time where he's when he's not with the seven, he's with Becca and his son, Ryan, and he is a shit dad. He just he sucks. Um, he's like trying to pull focus from Becca. He's trying to like bully Ryan into loving him. It's, it's bad. It's just really bad. But overall, a good episode that was a little bit more world building. And that brings us to episode Three, titled Over the Hill with the Swords of a Thousand Men. I I just love these these uh, episode titles. They're, they're ridiculous. But the episode starts off with a prisoner exchange where um, essentially uh, Butcher is going to use Mouse as, uh, as collateral to get information and cooperation from the FBI. Uh, Frenchie grows a little bit closer to Mouse, but unfortunately that causes Mouse to... Um, end up escaping or nearly escaping from them um however during this attempt it's also revealed that through the actions of huey and annie they are able to get compound v revealed to the world the news breaks there is crisis at vat um it's everything that they've been working on and i really like that for once they get a win they started off in a really bad place and they finally got a win three episodes into the second season um meanwhile homelander continues to be a shit dad by pushing Ryan off of the roof, expecting him to fly. Um, his powers do manifest just a little bit when uh, Homelander begins to um, intimidate Becca. Um, I like this. I'm interested to see where this goes because Ryan, as we can see, does have his powers, but he is nowhere near as messed up as Homelander is yet. Um, however... We got to shift gears back to the boys where they are attacked by the deep who has uh, through these first three episodes kind of become part of the cult, part of the church of the collective. It's very Scientology. Um, And he attacks them with a bevy of sea creatures. But one criticism I have to give is that they keep killing sea creatures on this show. And it's starting to bother me. Um, The deep, 
uh, basically tanks their boat and they're so they have to escape on a smaller speedboat. And as they're coming up to a nearby island, the deep shows up and uses a whale to kind of block their path. Butcher just drives straight into it, killing the whale and beaching it. And I just, it was unnecessary. It was a little unnecessary for me. I, I, maybe it's because I like animals. If you don't care, you don't care. And that's probably fine with you. But that kind of bothered me. Um, Homelander also gets a round two with Edgar. And I would give this round to Homelander because Edgar basically tells them, we owe you. You know, the compound V stuff is bad, but we are going to figure it out. And you are not going to do shit. And Homelander says, no, forget that. I'm taking the seven with me and we're going after the boys. And so they show up to where the deep is mourning the passing of this whale. Um, and we see kind of the seven reunited for the first time. Um, before this, however, we get this incredible scene between um, Mother's Milk and uh, Huey. Huey has had a rough go of it. Him, the kind of dynamic duo of him and Butcher has been shattered. And so when they kill this whale, Huey is stuck inside of the whale. He's basically like, you know what, you guys go. I'm just, I'm done here. And Mother's Milk has to go inside and kind of rally him. This season, the real dynamic duo is Mother's Milk and Huey. I love the development of their relationship. It's very standoffish at the beginning, and they kind of grow together again. I really like it. I love this um, this friendship, and it's doing a lot of things for me and i really enjoy it um also this is a spotlight when the seven um are cornering the boys inside of the sewer system that a train and i haven't touched on this yet but a train has some kind of condition uh where he's getting chest pains every time he uses powers um it's like he has a mini heart attack every time and that is going to that's gonna that's gonna factor into things i could just feel it I don't know if Atrian's going to die this season, but I would put money on that something's going to happen to him. Um, but the big story from this episode is Stormfront versus Kimiko and Mouse. They are trying to escape from Stormfront, and it's revealed here that Stormfront is just as bad as Homelander. Um, she is incredibly racist as well. Uh, she kills Mouse and kind of gives the end of the episode um this sense of like now uh kimiko has a reason to go up against the seven because she needs to kill stormfront for killing her brother overall great start to the season i'm glad they dropped these first three episodes so we can really get a sense of where the season is going i think there are going to be more confrontations between homelander and edgar i think the boys are going to continue to go through some rough waters and the seven is uh, Seven's going to suffer some more losses. I can feel it. But yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely do so. I rewatched season one last week before uh, season two dropped in. So if you uh, need a refresher, definitely do that. It's just, it's eight episodes. Um, and then you can jump right in with the first three episodes of this season. Or if you're trying, if you time it right, the first four episodes, if you end up getting all that stuff caught up before Friday. So uh, that does it for this week's uh, weekly review. Tune in next week for episode four of The Boys season two but for now we're gonna roll right on into this week's comics countdown 
Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I talk about the comics that I think you should be picking up this week, whether it's at your local comic book shop, on Comixology, or however you get your comics. These are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we've got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geeksplain Pick of the Week of last week. And i got to say it, I have to preface this, there were no bad books last week. There were no books that I just wasn't feeling, because that happens sometimes. All the books were fantastic, so this was really difficult, <laughs> but in the end, I had to give the nod to Deceased Dead Planet number three of uh, six, seven, something like that, um, written by Tom Taylor, art by Trevor Harrison. Just it's it's deceased. You know, it's quality. It's the best. Um, all the books were great, but this one, there were certain emotional moments that I really, really dug. I just I've been loving the series, and if you haven't been checking it out, definitely go back and pick it up. But that's last week. Let's talk about this week. This week, uh, a little bit smaller. Last week was a big week, and this one is just four books. But we're gonna go ahead and dive into them right here. So starting off with our first book, Wonder Woman number seven sixty two, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Mikel Jin. Um, this book's been real good so far. Uh, the last issue, for some reason, had an artist change. I'm not sure why, though uh, Mikel Janine, I know, is very good at what he does, but that takes time. So I'm hoping that we don't get as many artist changes, because even though the art was still good, I, I really miss Janine's art on this one. Um, so, But overall, really enjoying it. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. New villain alert. Liar Liar debuts. Random acts of violence are breaking out all over the earth, and Wonder Woman is closing in on the problem. The problem? It looks like a new ally is to blame for the widespread pandemonium. Check out the debut of the deadly new villain Liar Liar in this issue, plus the shocking connection between this new threat and a face from the past. If you read last issue, you kind of know what that quote-unquote revelation is but um, overall i'm really liking what they're doing with wonder woman right now and i can't wait to pick this issue up next up we have marauders number 12 written by jerry duggan with art by mateo lolly i've been really enjoying this book marauders is still freaking good 12 issues in i just i love this book this is uh by far and away alongside um the main X-Men book, my favorite thing coming out of the Age of X. It's super good. Definitely pick this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Red Reckoning. The Black King remove the Red Queen from the board. What move will the White Queen make? So... As much as a lot of people kind of assumed this was going to be a, uh, a Kitty Pride book, myself included, this has really kind of turned into a, um, an Emma Frost book, which I'm not complaining about. Um, basically, we've seen that the uh, assassination of Kitty by Sebastian Shaw um, caused a huge rift to happen. Uh, last issue, spoilers, they were able to somehow bring Kitty back, though I have a feeling there's going to be problems with that later on down the line. But now they get to strike, strike back at Sebastian Shaw, and I can't wait to see what they do. So definitely pick this one up. Next up, we have Flash, number 761, written by Joshua Williamson with art by uh, Rafa Sandoval. Finish Line has been fantastic. This is part three of Finish Line. It's so good. It's bringing back pretty much everything we loved about the Flash family, and Joshua Williamson is handling them perfectly. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Finish Line, part three. 
It's the Flash family versus the Legion of Zoom. Witness the biggest battle in Flash history as the two sides go head-to-head -head for the fate of the future. Can the Flash stop the unstoppable reverse Flash from dragging him down into a personal hell Barry Allen can never escape? So, again, this has been really good. I've been really enjoying it. Um, it's a great send-off. It's a great, you know, final bow for Joshua Williamson, and the book is definitely going to be missing him after he is gone. Finally, the big book of the week, the book I think you should definitely be picking up, is Dark Knight's Death Metal Trinity Crisis Number 1. Is that a long enough title for you? I don't think it is. Uh, this is written by Scott Snyder with art by Francis Manipal, and normally I know um, tie-ins with events are kind of hit or miss, but I think honestly the uh, tie-ins for death metal have been pretty good so far and this one promises to be huge so let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here with superman freed from his new apocalypse prison the classic trinity lineup is reunited and ready to rock wonder woman batman and superman amp up their power to launch an assault on castle bat and that's just the warm-up act three walking nightmares are hidden deep inside the fortress but these dark multiverse versions of the anti-monitor superboy prime and dark side hold the key to humanity's survival the justice league have to face down their old nemeses but will round two be the end for our heroes so what I love about this is that it's kind—it's basically touching on this idea that I love in comics where everything matters. They're going to be facing down the three biggest threats from the big from the big three crises of DC Comics, Anti-Monitor from Crisis on Infinite Earths, Superboy Prime from Infinite Crisis, and Darkseid from Final Crisis. And what they've been doing with these dark multiverse books where it's kind of like what if books where like what if you know something happened but everything was bad um have been really good i've been really enjoying them they're the little uh, like prestige format like uh, nightfall death of superman those kind of books and the potential of three big crises going the other way somehow and of kind of evolving these three characters i think is awesome and i'm a huge huge super by prime mark so i'm really excited to see him in this i can't wait to pick this book up and that's gonna do it for the comics countdown like i said a bit of a lighter week than last week but overall i think some really quality books here so to recap we have wonder woman number 762 marauders number 12 flash number 761 and dark knight's death metal metal Try that again. Dark Knight's Death Metal Trinity Crisis number one. Ugh, that's a mouthful. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geek Explain podcast, please feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and also give us a rating and review, especially on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, slash whatever they want to call it. It really just helps us out. Uh, we are, of course, a podcast by geeks for geeks. So it helps us out, kind of raises our stock in the podcast uh, realm and gets us into the ears of listeners just like you. And if you do give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, you will hear me read your review here live on the podcast you can join the likes of seafire nd josh from panels to pixels and matt draper so big thanks to all three of them for their stellar reviews i really appreciate it guys um 
And honestly, it means the world to me when you guys uh, engage with us, whether it's constructive criticism, whether it's just uh, talking about what you liked about the episode. It helps me out um, because this podcast is, of course, um, a work in progress at all times. You know, we polish things here, tweak things here every so often. Um, but honestly, getting feedback from everyone helps me out, and I cannot thank you all enough for that. So uh, that is going to do it. For this week's episode, uh, let me know what you thought. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GeekSplainedPod. That's at GeekSplainedPod. And if you want to be part of our GeekSplained mailbag, you can send emails with questions, pitches. Um, if you want me to talk about your pitch and how I feel about it, feel free to do that as well. We do have a pitch coming up up the pitch it uh for episode 130 will uh be announced by the time that this uh episode goes live so make sure to uh follow us on instagram and twitter to keep up with that and find out which topic uh is uh or has been chosen for that next pitch it and yeah so uh kamala khan man is awesome if you haven't read her comments before, please do. Um, also, feel free to let me know what you think about the Avengers game. Like I said, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I like some things. I don't like some things. But overall, it's a fun time. It's a lot of fun with friends. And I definitely think you should at least give it a shot. Play it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's okay. We're all friends here. But that is going to do it for this week's episode. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of the Geek Explained podcast. Same geek time, same geek channel. And for now, for Geek Explained, this is Eric Azana. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.